As you all know by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. One, download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code JUSTBASEBALL. Two, deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. Three, you will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if your bet loses. Just make sure you use bonus code JUSTBASEBALL when you sign up. Disclaimer, BetMGM.com for terms and conditions and must be 21 or older to wager. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona, one 800 327 5050 in Massachusetts, 1 800 bets off in Iowa, and 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code Just Baseball and get your $1,500 first bet offer today. So Heim hit a homer and we hit the record button. Yeah. It's 11-1 right now in the eighth inning. Transparency alert. We started recording in the eighth inning of game four of the World Series. Jack and Peter on the Just Baseball Show. Happy November. Hope your Halloween was great. Um, Because the baseball, unfortunately, was not great last night. We've got a lot to get to. I'm going to take you through my notes in a different way. It was game four. I did four things on each team in an ode to game four. So I've got four Texas takeaways and I've got four Diamondbacks takeaways. And I think we're going to snake it. It'll be, you know, one Rangers, one D-backs, one Rangers, one D-backs, because the fourth takeaway for both of them are preview-esque. So we can get into that. But before all that, we have a certain someone that we got to shout out or some, some thing, some book that we have to shout out. Have you ever heard of the king of sports books? We are brought to you by BetMGM. Sign up and deposit into your newly created account using promo code JustBaseball. Download the BetMGM sports app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Place your first bet offer and receive up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if it loses. If that bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Must be 21 or older and terms and conditions apply. You texted me. And you said, I'm going to run you through my notes a little bit differently. And I didn't know what that means. Classic Jack fashion, pressing the record button and just throwing me on the ocean. I might get eaten by a shark or two, but it's okay. I'll make it. I'm a wordsmith. I'm a ball knower. But I am very excited to hear your takeaways on the Arizona Diamondbacks because this is a big kick in the nuts. It's not great what we're seeing 
you know, like Merrill Kelly was the highlight of the World Series, I think, at this point. That outing was so much fun because it was, hey, I didn't think this was going to happen against the Texas Rangers. Cattell Marte has been a ton of fun. That guy's sporting a 20-game hitting streak to open his postseason career. There are several positives, and I'll try and spin one of them in a positive way, but this was an overwhelmingly negative game for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I didn't want to do it sequentially like we typically do, because if we did it sequentially, we'd stop talking about the game after the third, after the fourth. It's tough. Like you miss half the game. So I I think overarching takeaways, because I'm not going to be bringing you Brock Burke, getting Cattell Marte to fly out to center in the bottom of the eighth (laughs) inning. I'm just not going to be doing that. Um, So I've got new addition. New addition to the squad, Brock Burke. You don't want to talk about that? No, I think we're good. Brock Burke and Ezekiel Duran. They were showing Burke and Duran in like a split screen. And if you say, guys, why are you recording in the eighth inning? Well, the Fox crew eulogized the game in the fifth. Yeah. I mean, like top of the fifth inning, they did a game five preview. And you wrote that down? I wrote that down. The game ended the fifth inning like Smoltz said it did. I was like, does Smoltz even enjoy being here? I mean, come on, man. They're a really good crew. And Joe Davis is one of the best in the business. And I I just wrote down something he said because I was like, wow, you know, not often do you get to say this in the fifth inning of a World Series game. He said, quote, if the Diamondbacks can keep this thing going, they'll send Merrill Kelly to the mound in game six in Arlington. Can keep this thing going after he previewed Nathan Ivaldi and Zach Gallen in game five tonight. So he's saying, well, the Rangers are already up three games to one. If Gallen can steal a game at home, then they go to Kelly in game six. And I was like, wow, you know, you don't say that if it's an eight run game, but it was 10 nothing at the time. And it's just that was a tough pill to swallow. Um, Now, thankfully, we had some guys that, you know, bridged to the back innings that were not enjoyable, but they they did a good service for their teams. <laughs> Ryan Nelson was good to watch. And Nelson, hopefully there's some momentum here that he takes into the regular season. Heaney was huge. And, and that's my first take. Well, I'll, I'll elaborate on that in a minute. But when did you kind of decide like, yeah, this thing was donezo? When Miguel Castro came in in the second inning. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wrote in our Just Baseball group chat, I tweeted it out. And I'm not some genius for saying well, Miguel Castro is in with a runner on second base and no outs. How many runs is he going to give up? Seven? It wasn't quite seven, but I think it was four. And another time I wrote that the game was over, if Christian Walker is making errors, you know that the game is over. First error of the series for him. But here's exactly what I wrote down. Castro is coming in, will allow multiple runs. Hopefully not more for the Diamondbacks. No idea why Lavello decides that he's the guy to come in with a runner on second and no outs. And then my next point was Moreno has to block that ball. (laughs) But I really want to talk about the decision to bring in Miguel Castro. Because it was one thing, too. You're letting Joe Mantiply get another out against Josh Young, who obviously hits left-handed pitching really well. Really well. So I could understand you going to Castro there, but what sparked the confidence from what we've seen from Miguel Castro this series 
to say in a game that is a relative must win, of course, they're all must win, but you're down 2-1. You got to win this game. Could have gone to Saul Frank. Could have gone to Thompson, right? We got to keep the score down if we want to score in this game. So, But that just felt like they threw in the towel there, and I just couldn't understand it. And it, again, it is not one of those things where, oh, look at me. I'm saying it wasn't a good move Yeah, right after he gave up four runs. Like, I texted in the group chat. I was like, this is going to be a disaster. It, we have to think about it in a unique way because even when the Yankees – how sad Yankees, is that for a second? We have to think about it in a unique way. Yeah, no, it's the World Series. It stinks. It's the, it's game four it's of the, the World, World Series. Series. But hear me out on this. Do the Yankees ever use an opener? I'm kind of blanking on that. Clark Schmidt was a hybrid. Well, Mike Michael King started as an opener and then developed into the greatest yeah, starting sorry. pitcher on the Yankees. Yeah, King. Yeah, so King was the hybrid, but King would work like three innings. They never really went with the true bullpen game, but the true bullpen game in the regular season is much different than a bullpen game in the postseason. And what we saw the Diamondbacks do in the CS when they opened with Mantiply was, I think, use eight pitchers in nine innings. They were never going to have a long man if things went according to plan. And that's my first Arizona takeaway. Um, I'll start with Arizona. I'll go like negative, positive, negative, positive. Here's what I wrote verbatim. The bus with one side is rolling meadows and the other is dark mountainous terrain meme. You know what I'm talking about? Where you got one side where somebody's having a great time looking out the window and the other side where somebody's having a terrible time looking out the window. So the great side looking out the window is this. You get a different look each time an opposing hitter steps in for their second, third at bat. That's the benefit of a bullpen game. You get a different look every single inning. You've got eight guys, eight different looks. But the side where it's rainy and gross and rocky is this. Everyone needs to do their job. You're relying on eight guys to do their job effectively, and you are relying on the bottom of your pitching depth chart. You have 13 pitchers on your roster, maybe 14. You've got 13 pitchers. You have to rely on at least two of 10 through 13 on your pitching depth chart. If you were to power rank all your pitchers, because your starters are going to be, you know, front loaded, your closer is going to be, you know, front to middle. And then you've got the relievers that you have to rely on in a bullpen game at the very bottom. And guess who those guys are for Arizona? They're Miguel Castro, Luis Frias, and Kyle Nelson. And all three of those guys did not have it. You had to rely on them at some point. That point came early, and when somebody doesn't have it in a bullpen game against the Texas Rangers in the World Series, it's game over. Yeah, I'm surprised that you know they even brought on a guy like Miguel Castro instead of bringing Slade Chaconi or going to Ryan Nelson, right? One of my takeaways that I wrote down is one of the more underrated storylines until he, of course, gave up a run because that's how this game went, that home run to Jonah Heim, but he was dealing Three and two thirds, I think, of no hit baseball before. Um, I mean, to be completely honest with you, I kind of checked out mentally of who got the base hit off Ryan Nelson. I'm sorry to the fans of the Just Baseball show. If you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. But there was a base hit against Ryan Nelson, but he pitched relatively well. Like, I, I cannot understand why they went to Castro. Everyone knew it, too. It wasn't, again, it's not like I'm some genius. Lavello. Dude, I mean, he comes in on the, 
and and gives up the walk-off home run to Adolis Garcia first battery faces. He's not uh yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> it's a tough pill to swallow, but just sad because this is the freaking World Series. And yeah. like besides game one, this series has just been not all that entertaining. And the fact that in like a pivotal game like this, we get a freaking crazy blowout. It's depressing. I so, was really excited for this game. I hyped it up on yesterday's show. I'm like, this is going to be a battle of managers. And and what we're left with is just, and I'm happy for Rangers fans. Don't get me yeah, wrong. For sure. like, this is amazing. But like, I think even Rangers fans would understand like the rest of America watching this game is just depressed. Um, Here's the sad news. Ratings are down. Ratings are as low as they've ever been. 2016 was sky high. 2016, I think, was double the viewership that 2023 is getting right now. 22.8 million people was the average World Series viewership in 2016. 2017, 18.9. 14.1, 13.9 the next couple of years. 2020 was 9.8. Then it climbs 11.7, 11.7, and now 8.5 so far in the front four games or the front three games, and we'll get the overnight, and it's probably the same thing here. Um, that's per front office sports. So, yeah, I mean, like it, it stinks from a national audience, but I will push back a little bit. Game two was enjoyable because of the Merrill Kelly thing. Game three yeah. was a two run game. It was a three run game. It was, you know, good baseball until the ninth. This was the one clunker that we've got. And it, by all accounts, was a clunker. Now, shifting to my first Texas takeaway, the positive out of a clunker is when the guy that you are relying on to give you three innings gives you five innings. Heaney working as long as he did was so ridiculously important for the future of this series, for the game tonight, game five, and then game six and seven if they do get there. Bochi knew he could get 80 pitches out of Andrew Heaney, but did they turn into high leverage pitches? Because if they did turn into high leverage pitches, he was going to take the ball from Heaney. He was throwing low leverage in the second inning onward. It's yep. a unique case being up by a ton. You're sending far and away your fourth option to the hill. But what Heaney allowed Spores, Chapman, and Leclerc to do was mentally get back to the hotel in the fifth inning. They were still there. They were still physically there in case shit hit the fan. But I mean, they can like check out and say, okay, I'm good. My heart rate can stay low. I don't need that, you know, cup of coffee at 10 p.m. Eastern that I typically have when I throw the eighth or ninth inning. I can just chill tonight. I can get that day of rest and I can come out guns blazing tomorrow night. And and Heaney going five in a stress-free way was magic for Texas. Yeah. I'm really glad you, you mentioned that because I wrote down that Andrew Heaney giving this team innings was huge. And then going to Dunning, then going to Bradford, right? None of the high leverage guys, a lot of the guys who are there to soak up innings, potentially in one of these types of games, which and now we got Stratton. We got Stratton in the eighth. Exactly. We got Stratton right now. And you know, bases are loaded. Bottom of the eighth. Tommy Fam. Tommy Fam at eight. Building the statue next week. Sarah Langs dropped this uh stat. Um 10 runs through the third inning was the most through three innings in World Series history, only behind the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2001 in game six against the Yankees. And in game six in 1968, the Tigers had 12. So it's the third most in World Series history. 
And I found this. I looked it up on the internet. Props to me. Good on Largest you. World Series win is the Yankees beating the New York Giants 18 to 4 in the 1936 World Series. We're not that was quite a crazy there yet. One. I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were all alive for that one. We all remember yeah. the New York Giants. Man. Um, props to you. Did you use Bing, Google? Okay. It's 11 to 2. Yeah, sack fly, Tommy okay. Fan. Shout out to him. Okay. <laughs> You're saying there's a chance. Did you I use lo- Bing? What what's your preferred search engine? Is there a third search engine? Are we really that down bad as a podcast right now no, that we're, we're talking good. about the search Second- engine to find the fucking stat? I use no, Google like we're like a good, person. man. Okay. Thanks for answering the question. I'm just upset. I, I get wanted- it. Okay. I'm completing like a toddler. Okay. Guess what? We typically start recording at 1130. It's 10:50. We're fine. We're fine. Second Arizona takeaway. Scoreless offensive halves after the five-run second and the five-run third was like the ultimate death sentence. If they got one back in one of those innings, in the bottom of the second, bottom of the third, you're the king of like, "Mm, you better wait and see. Like, "Ah, you never know. You know, it's the World Series. No, the game was over before the Rangers even scored. The game was over when Castro came in with a runner on second. I was like, yeah, Jack, let's record now. Let's record at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Dude, I I mean, I, I hear you on the Castro. I hear you on the Kyle Nelson. And I had that inkling, but there's still that thought in the back of your mind, the the anything can happen thought. Speaking of which, Lourdes Gurriel just went yard 11-5. 11-5. Okay. Not a blowout. It's They're a great still game. getting more than doubled right now. Uh, we're back. We're back. Are we sure? This is a momentum piece to yeah. this. I mean, um, but man, like. I don't know. The the thought of anything could happen was in my mind and it was fleeting after a scoreless bottom of the second, but after the scoreless bottom of the third, I was like, all right, you know, pack it in. It was just that kind of night. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. There was a couple of other times where I said, if a team is hitting for the cycle against you in one inning games, probably over yeah. the Rangers hit for the cycle in the second inning you got Josh Young on a double. You got Travis Jankowski on a single. You got Marcus Semien on a triple. And you got Corey Seager on a home run. I also wrote this down. I think I texted in the group chat check. Marcus Semien is up with runners on second and third. And I think it was a 3-2 pitch. And if you're watching Castro, he shakes off Moreno. And maybe it was an auto shake. Like, I don't know. Maybe he just gave him the shake sign to throw off Semien. But I was like, oh, if Castro is choosing his own pitches on top of it, yeah. immediate hit and then an immediate triple then it gets pulled and i'm like what are we doing here not only are you miguel castro but you're shaking off moreno yeah so the game was over multiple times but then again uh rangers just got out of it so yeah <laughs> they did um second texas takeaway jumping back to the positive Corey seager is inevitable Barry and you elevate that feeling of inevitability as soon as Adolis Garcia is done, as soon as he hits the IL and Ezekiel Duran replaces him. Who needs him? Travis Jankowski, forever. Dude's Dude, awesome. you're spoiling my here? Stop spoiling my third Sorry. takeaway. Oh, my Sorry. gosh. Sorry. This is a disaster. <laughs> this is all a disaster. Ruin. Pod ruin. Let's restart. Seager's inevitable, especially with Adolis out. But Marcus Semien lifted a gigantic weight off of his shoulders 
and a gigantic weight off Rangers fans' shoulders with that two-run triple, and why not follow with a bomb to make it a five-RBI day in the third inning? The triple and the homer factored into his OPS. What do you think that two-for-two start elevated his OPS to in the postseason? I know his OPS going into this game was below 500. I'm going to say it bumped him up 100 points. 599 was his OPS after the triple and the homer. Wow, I nailed that. Good for me. Killed it. That guy. Podcast back on track now. We're back on track. We're back on rolling. But semi and like, I don't know. Yes, it's a it's a next man up thing. I thought Mookie Betts had a good point. He was asked on the on the pregame, you know, in a, if you're in a clubhouse, how do you deal with a star who's playing like a superstar right now at Adolis Garcia kind of leaving the fold and not being a reliable piece in the cleanup spot? He's like, well, you, you can't really do anything about it. Like somebody's going to step up. You don't know who, but somebody is. And it's the guy that was the runt of the litter that happens to be an $175 million man and one of the best run producers in baseball over the last three seasons. I did see something funny on Diamondbacks Twitter. Um, Corbin Carroll and Mookie Betts were having a lot of conversations and they were like, Mookie just rubbed off on Carroll, hasn't gotten hit in a couple of games. I thought it was mean. It was a mean thing to say. Mookie yes. Betts is still a legend. No, but yeah, I mean... I couldn't agree with you more with that. Semyon getting started is what changes this Rangers juggernaut offense from four to five runs a game to 11, right? Because if he's rolling, if he's driving in runs, he's one of the best hitters in the American League this year. So you then add him into the fold. And we've been talking about this all World Series. If Christian Walker gets going for the Dimebacks and Marcus Semyon gets going for the Rangers, those are the big X factors. Christian Walker, I was hoping that he would carry over this momentum, but instead, Marcus Semien carried over the momentum. As Seager rips a double. <laughs> okay. You know? We've shined enough light on Semien. Let's jump to Seager. I'm running out of unique takeaways on Corey Seager. I don't think there's a unique perspective left on Corey Seager. He just happens to be super good at this sport that they're playing right now on Fox. I just watched that double. It just came up my screen against Ryan Nelson. Like that was just roped. And that was a fastball down the middle. I know like you're challenging him or whatever, but I mean, why are we pitching to him? Kyle Nelson, why are we pitching to him? You got a, you got a runner in scoring position. You can just easily walk Seeger. That's why if, if you remember one of my biggest bets of the postseason game two, which fucking lost was Corey Seeger over a walk. And because I thought that they would pitch around him, they still haven't this entire series. They just haven't learned. Well, and so right he now, hasn't, but he hasn't been a hit accumulator this series. It was three hits. All three were homers. Yeah, I guess he hasn't been a hit accumulator, but still he's the guy to now do the damage, especially with the Dolis Garcia out. Of course, that's a dumb point because the rest of the lineup is insane, but at least you could target that guy and say, don't let him beat us. It's like facing the 2012 heat where you got to say at least don't let lebron beat us like yeah, if wade, wade and bosh beat us they do it and they did it anyway but at least don't let lebron beat us i mean this is this is that offense right now it's it's an angry lebron after losing to the mavericks combined with d wade and bosh looking for chips like they're just hungry and they're just going to destroy any team in their wake um one more point about Corey seager that home run that he hit in this game 19 career postseason home runs that places him second in postseason history among shortstops. Number one is Derek Jeter with 20. 
So if Seager hits another one tomorrow, he'll tie Jeter, probably hits two now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And then Carlos Correa with 18. Like Corey Seager is one of the best players in the league. And he just keeps highlighting it every single time he gets to the postseason. And I like, too, how, you know, there's a lot of people out there who discredit the 2020 season and whatever. I don't care. I don't, but you can if you want. I ain't going to lose sleep over it. But the fact that he comes back and then does it again in a different uniform and just becomes an annihilator of baseballs, this guy's worth every penny of his $300 million contract. Bingo. 2020, uh, NL wild card, two games, 821 OPS. 2020 NLDS, three games, 10-12 OPS. NLCS in 20, 12-30 OPS. World Series in 20, 12-56 OPS. He had a down postseason in 21, but 23, wild card series. He was 5 for 10 with three doubles. Pretty good. 625 with a 1,700 OPS in two games. Three games in the DS, he had a 1,567 OPS. He was, what, two for six? With nine walks and a homer. CS, 819 OPS. He was slumping a little bit. Oh, a that's a slump for him. Yeah. That's a slump and for him. a 952 OPS. OPS in the World Series in the front three games. That jumps over a thousand now with his game four. This guy in his postseason career is OPSing right around 880. That's so incredible. What's his career OPS? Just in the regular season. In the regular season, he's an 873. So the fact that he sustains that level and gets everybody's better. everybody's numbers go down in the Everyone's. postseason. Because you're if, facing the best pitching in the biggest moments. So They're if pitching you keep, around you, if you're the best player too. If you keep your season average, that means you are a great pro postseason performer. And Corey Seeger is a great postseason performer. Got two more takeaways each side. Fourth for each side is a preview. Before that, quick break. Okay. Third takeaway for Arizona. Ketel Marte, man, craving consistency from two through four because one has been so good. And two through four is Corbin Carroll, Gabby Moreno, Christian Walker. Moreno got off to such a hot start. Carroll got off to such a hot start. Walker has been cold all postseason. But Carroll is tapered off big time. Moreno has tapered off offensively. Yes, he's supplying the big hit every now and again. And, and Walker had a good game three. So why go to Saul Frank here in a six-run game? First pitch, he plunks Carter on the wrist. I don't know why you do this here, but whatever. Um, I just, I, I wish that... There were a couple of like Robin types on a nightly basis because Cattell Marte has been most reliable guy in the postseason. You could argue more than Seager because Seager will go through stretches where he doesn't hit a homer. Marte, it's a 20-game hitting streak in the postseason. He looks so comfortable. Do you remember off the dome like somebody that looks this comfortable in a postseason? Or Seager. <laughs> I mean, in it. 20 or right now? I I mean, you, you don't have an answer because it's historic, right? You just don't have an answer. Nobody has done 20-game hit streak. Like, Jeter 
and Manny Ramirez and Hank Bauer at 17. This guy's at 20 and just blowing through those. And this is to start a postseason career. He has never played in a playoff game where he didn't get a hit. So we could say, well, Seager looks as comfortable or Jordan looks as comfortable or any of the best players in Major League Baseball looked comfortable. Bryce Harper. No, literally none of them. Who gets a hit in every game? Jordan, none. exactly. Jordan looks more menacing. Seager, more menacing. Harper, more menacing. Castellanos is here, more menacing. But nobody's been as reliable <laughs> over the course of an entire postseason as Cattell Marte has been, it seems. It's almost like for him, it's like you took a math major out of Harvard and then just put him in third grade multiplication and was like, try and complete this test. It's like, I even okay. tweeted out, I was like, this, this seems boring for him right now. Just hit. Hit, hit. It's so easy. Okay, so that's probably the best way to put it. There, there's something more calming about, like, he seems more, I don't know, just, like, not phased by anything. He's not rising. He's not falling. It's just, I'm going to get my two hits today, and that's Gattel like, Marte. It's like a June game against the Pirates on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's just, just going to work, which is incredible because – a few people on planet earth can slow the game down like tell Marte has done in this world series so far like you see a lot of guys game speeds up on them you know they get a little uncomfortable it's what happened to christian walker right you could say it's what happened to Cattell Mart or excuse me to corbin carroll mm -hmm. you could even say it happened to gabby moreno outside of that a couple of big home runs now to their credit right christian walker went three for four in this game Gabby went one for three with two runs scored. Corbin Carroll went one for four. And now Carroll's hitting 279 in the series. But it's a lot of hits and garbage time, right? Which is not their fault, right? It's not their fault that Miguel Castro came in, right? But I don't know, man. I'm depressed. Take I want to have two. bigger takeaways, but like I'm just sitting watching this game. That's why I did them. It's okay. And just, all we're hearing about, too, is like the ratings are terrible. And I was like, well, that's my fault, too. I, 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 I said the ratings. You. Like, we're going to said the ratings. I was so excited for this series because I was like, it's so different. These two teams, they're so interesting. There's so many cool storylines. You were going through the backstories and then we get a great game one. And we're like, holy shit, we were right. This thing is running. Then a nine to one game. And yeah, Merrill Kelly pitched great. Still 9-1. Yeah. And then the next game. Yeah, it was a two-run game. But we saw Scherzer for three innings. We saw John Gray for three innings. Then some bullpen guys. And not even the great bullpen guys for the D-backs. Fought pitched okay. Three runs through five and a third. I thought he pitched well, but like... And then we get this shit. It's just depressing. I love the game. And I feel like this World Series is a sour way to end the year. But it's not over. It's not over. Remember, the Phillies beat the D-backs 10-0 in game two. Yeah. They won that series. So it ain't over. Yeah. Let's, right now I'm depressed. Let's not eulogize. You can eulogize the game in the fifth, but don't oh, eulogize yeah, I'm eulogizing the series. the series so far. Yes. Has not been to the level that I thought it was. And, and I can sympathize with that. I can empathize with that, that kind of thing. Takeaway number three for Texas. This is the last of the recap takeaways, and then I've got two preview takeaways to wrap this thing up. Takeaway number three for Texas. Tired, Adolis Garcia. Wired, Wyatt Langford. Inspired, cool. Travis Jankowski.
2024 opening day. I don't need a Dolis. I don't need Langford. Give me this guy. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was going to take a wild turn where you're like, God, I got to shit on a Dolis right now. I was like, whoa, where are we no, going no, no. here? <laughs> I no. thought you were going to be like, all right, I'll power rank him. Travis Jankowski, Wyatt Langford, then Adolis Garcia. No, uh, I'm not doing that. It's entirely sarcastic, but Travis Jankowski had a good game and nice of him to step up when Adolis hits the IL. Travis Jankowski goes two for four with a double. Two RBIs. I mean, that's just the Rangers, the next man up attitude. Yeah. Adolis Garcia, Max Scherzer go down. It's like, ah, is the wind out of their sails a little bit? Nope. 11 to 5. 11 to freaking 5. Bruce Bochy is such a goat. And I know like he didn't have a huge pull on this game, but like he's he's going to win another World Series. I mean, he's amazing. He's amazing. What was it? It was 10 of 11 postseason series coming into this. He just won. Well, if he wins the World Series, he's going to win four. So I guess it'd be 14 of his last 15 playoff series that he's managed. He's won. I might be off by one or two playoff series in there, but I mean, man, come on. Yeah, everyone's chasing like the 37-year-old who went to Yale and like knows the numbers. Maybe like, you just need another toothpick guy. Yeah, Bruce Bochy just, hey, this guy throws 98. Like, my guys are going to hit. Got to go to my horse. <laughs> and then all the nerds like me are just crying in their basement. No sun in there, dehydrated, gotta, not drinking enough water this offseason. I got to touch some grass, dude. I got to go outside. I mean, why am I so depressed? I think it's good. No, you know what? I am. I am depressed. No, I think you just need to limit your screen time when we get into the offseason or you need to try other stuff. Um, I just watched the Vice documentary earlier today on Bufo which is the toad poison. You know what I'm talking about? This podcast is so fucked. Okay. <laughs> Preview takeaway. If you want to hear more about Bufo, I'll save that for the off season. I've got a thing that I'm going to pitch to you and Aram in the off season where I just, you give me 30 seconds on each pod and I just tell you what I'm doing. That's like not baseball related. And for me today, it was the vice documentary on the world's craziest psychedelic. And apparently Actually, Eric Andre it. did it. No, keep going. I'm not even being sarcastic. Like what? Keep going. <laughs> I'm being I don't, sarcastic. What are we talking about I'm here? Being sarcastic. No, um, I'm literally not being sarcastic. I'm. I genuinely want to know because what are we going to recap anymore? I'm a right? sucker. We're Rangers, not. We're not recapping the it's shit preview. out of the Diamondbacks. We're not recapping. We're on preview after this. But Bufo, there's a great 30, 35 minute little mini documentary on Vice. I'm a sucker for any Vice content that they put out. Uh, and Vice, they they dove into the world's craziest psychedelic and the conflict behind it. They just dropped it like three days ago. Highly recommend you go watch that. Preview side, Arizona. You have your opportunity to get one of the best pitchers in baseball on the hill as your last breath. If Tori Lovello had a choice between a fully rested Gallon and a fully rested Merrill Kelly, I think right now he goes Merrill Kelly just because Kelly. Kelly is throwing the ball better. And Gallen, it's been an all postseason thing where he hasn't looked like regular season Zach Gallen. But there is something to be said about riding your ace with your last breath. And that's what they're doing. Recency is a hell of a thing. And recency can convince you that Merrill Kelly's the better pitcher. Merrill Kelly's a great pitcher. Zach Gallen's one of the best pitchers in baseball. 
He's had an underwhelming postseason. And Arizona, if we went back to April 1, May 1, June, July, August, September, October 1, any of those check-ins, who do you want with the ball in a must-win game? The answer is always, always, always Zach Allen. And Zach Allen gets the ball in a must-win game. And that should fire them up. It should fire them up. And, you know, you're going with your best guy. I'm just a little bit worried. Opponent batting average against the Rangers is 277 throughout Gallon's career against their current roster. Um, And he has not pitched well this postseason. But to his credit, he is a demon at Chase Field. This guy had a 3-4-7 ERA this year. I think he had an ERA under 2-5 at home. This is the best Zach Gallon you should get. But I think we're both sitting here thinking to ourselves, like if Semyon is hot, it could be Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, those old Arizona pitchers that won them the 2001 World Series. They're just too much. They're too so much. You're because talking what? like what is Gallon going to throw a shutout? No. Because then you're, you're going to go to bullpen guys like Paul Seawald, former Mariner. I think they know him well. <laughs> like, you know what they should do? Start Giggle. Just let Giggle go for sure. seven innings. Yeah, no, do, do the college pitcher thing. Who was, um, what was his name uh, at Stanford this year? The lefty, Quinn Matthews. Quinn Matthews. Yeah, yeah 160. 170 pitches, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just have, have Ginkle do that. Yeah. <laughs> Fastball slider. <laughs> sure, go right ahead. Um, so that should, you know, rile you up. Will Smith, did he just punch out Lawler? No, Lawler walked. Lead off man aboard. Okay. Things are going to start happening. Arms fired up. Sure. Look at that plate um, discipline arm. That was the positive way to look at game five on Arizona's side. Now the way to look at it on Texas side. Nathan Evaldi in a clincher. Yeah, oh, man. my God. Hey, but he did get hit up by Arizona in last game. No way he makes an adjustment right and dominates again. No way. Of course he does. I put popcorn on my grocery list for this morning. <laughs> like, I have to. For the sake of the bit, I have to have popcorn while I watch Nathan Evaldi throw tonight. He will go into a level of kill mode that you saw from him in 2018. And Boston is a hard place for a player to win a fan base over. But guess what Nathan Eovaldi did at like 3 a.m. Eastern in 2018? He won a fan base over. They still love him in Boston. And they lost. They lost that game. There's something about this guy in the World Series, man. And and you give him a chance to finish it. I think he's just going to freaking finish it. I don't want this series to end in five. I'm just rooting for the D-backs now because I just want more baseball. That's all I want, just and more games. I was so excited when both championship series went seven, but I'm rooting against a brick wall. Like I'm trying to run through steel beams. It's just not going to go well for me rooting for more baseball. Now, who knows, right? Ivaldi did give up runs to the Diamondbacks that one game, which was his worst postseason game ever. And normally he's the guy with an ERA and the low twos in the playoffs. It's just like that felt like such a deflating win. However, it is bottom nine runners on first and third, no outs. Maybe the Diamondbacks just win this game. 
maybe. Maybe. Is up right now. Maybe. Um, Leclerc, they just got warming in the pen, so he couldn't. He's physically still there. He mentally checked into the hotel, but he's still there at the ballpark, and he's warming up, and you got Will Smith here. All right. Um, we'll see, man. Do you think, I, I don't do know. You think the D-backs win tomorrow? I don't. Cattell Marte just struck <laughs> out, man. Yeah, I just struck out. Uh, I don't think they win tomorrow, I, unfortunately. That means they probably win tomorrow. Yeah. And, like, I've been the Snakes Alive guy. Yeah. Damn it. Damn it. All right, you know what? Snakes Alive, they win. Snakes Alive. Snakes Alive. They win game five. They win game six behind Kelly. And then game seven, we get 18 innings of baseball, and whoever wins, wins. And we wear our Rob Lowe MLB hat. And we're not rooting against the Rangers, right? Rangers fans, you can win in seven. Just can we see more baseball? That's all I want. I want you Rangers fans to know it's not that I'm rooting against you. I just want more baseball. That's it. So, you know, yeah, I mean, Will Smith, like Diamondbacks, this is the World Series. This is the World Series. Just plug the merch, man. I'll cover our ass. If if the Diamondbacks, if if they, you know, get three across right now and they lose 11-8, here's what I'm going to say. You know what? Great momentum that they built heading into game five tonight great momentum great momentum great momentum and if they come back and win we're in the ninth inning two strikes on carol with one away you're (laughs) not listening to this podcast we're (laughs) just gonna i'm gonna send you a new zoom link and we're gonna do it again i just have a feeling that we're not gonna do it again um (laughs) plug in the merch go get your just baseball merch people i mean i'm rocking the hat i look great my thoughts aren't great, but I look great. Yeah. Jack's not wearing the merch because he hates the company. You look great. Thank you. And if you're watching on YouTube, company. hit the subscribe button. How about the like button, comment button? We're trying our best here. You know what? Oh, foul ball. <laughs> and how about rate and review five stars? Punch out 93 center cut. Carol swings underneath it. Ah, uh, ah. Uh... <laughs> Uh, what else can you plug to get us to the final? Um, Just say thank you, everybody. No, I am very good at Twitter. You should follow me at PeterApple23. <laughs> That's Jack underscore McMullen or McMullen underscore Jack. It's definitely one of those. No, it's Jack underscore McMullen11. Uh, follow Aram. He's given you a bunch of... Um, no, no, dude, we got to stop doing this. Bochi's making a pitching change. Leclerc's going to get the final out of the game. We're done. Say and, thank you. Everybody. And with that, thank you, everybody. Thank you.